Hello and welcome to A Smashing Theory, the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Prediction Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And happy Thanksgiving, Sean. Bark, bark, bark. That's not what turkeys do. <laughs> <laughs> what noise do turkeys make? Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Can we do that again? No. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've made your decision. Gosh. Uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This This episode will probably go up. Maybe, or, maybe on like Black Friday or or Black yeah. Saturday. You might go up Thanksgiving whatever. Day. We'll see. Okay. So around Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Have Happy Black Friday and Cyber Monday or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Happy holidays. Yes, to you and yours. <laughs> this will be a fun episode. Agreed. We're pretty close to Smash Bros. Ultimate coming out. Boy, howdy, and. We know a lot about the game at this point. More than we ever have <laughs> uh, but, prior to now. But while this is the Smash Bros. Ultimate Prediction Podcast, we love predicting things in general, whether they're about Nintendo or other things in the gaming universe. So, Yeah, actually, I'd like to announce here and now that uh, after Smash Ultimate comes out, we'll be changing our podcast name to A Theory. <laughs> and just predicting anything. <laughs> Like as you said that, like like my anxiety just like shot. It's like what the he didn't clear this with me. What the what the fuck is he going to announce? Um, <laughs> We're not live. Like, like if I decided to make a wacky decision like that, I could edit like, it out. No. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's fair. In any case, right before Smash Bros. Ultimate comes out is the Game Awards 2018. Yeah, and you know I. I have a big soft spot for the Game Awards. Mm, it's a cute little show. Yeah. It's a little. It's a cute big show. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's very big. And uh, you and I, Sean, we've been watching the Game Awards since its inception. We have. Right? Um, you know, we we watched the, the Spike Game Awards mm-hmm. before that, but we've watched every... every iteration of the, the Jeff Keighley Game Awards. Yes. And... They are not always good, but they are always entertaining. Yes. I think that they're often more good than entertaining than they were when back at its inception. Oh, yeah. No, at, uh, at the, at when, the beginning... When we used to play a drinking game along with it. <laughs> yeah. At the beginning, we we watched the Game Awards and those types of shows because they were such train wrecks that they were hilarious to watch. Right. Uh, <laughs> they... They get better and better to the point that, like, some of the recent ones are actually just mediocre. Right. You know, they're, <laughs> right. they're not train wrecks, but they're not good either. Yeah. That said, I think Jeff Keighley has done a really good job improving every time he makes a new one. I think so, too. So I, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. So this will be our Game Awards 2018 prediction episode. But before we get into that, we do have some corrections from the last episode. The first correction is apparently the most important one. The Pokemon that resembles a dog with a paintbrush for a tail. Uh, his name is pronounced Smeargle and not Smeargle, which I said in passing last episode, and my girlfriend roasted me about it. For like an hour. For like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, sometimes she's in the room while I'm editing, and I have, you know, I have my headphones off and just the speakers on, and... And that way she kind of gets to listen to the episode while I'm putting it together. Right. And I, I said Smeargle, 
And Amy's like, stop, stop right there. What did you just say? I'm like, I'm, I'm talking about Pokemon. He's like, no, what? did you just say Smeargle? Uh, it's it's Smeargle. I've been told 712 times now that it's Smeargle. So I apologize for anyone inconvenienced. Smeargle is like how a pirate would say it. Smeargle! Ah, I've caught me a Smeargle. Page the poop deck, Smeargle. We'll have roast deli bird tonight because the Pokemon universe is inherently weird. <laughs> as long as this takes place during the timeline of the first few games or so, because in later games they kind of phase out the mention of Pokemon being eaten as food. How, what do you eat in the Pokemon universe in uh, the later games? Uh, just essentially everyone in the Pokemon universe is a vegetarian. I see. You just like, you, you know, you just eat like peanut butter and jelly and like, you know, delicious like rice cakes and shit. Okay. Yeah. As My far as I can tell. I, I don't watch the anime and stuff too closely. Right, so. right. My brother would love that universe. <laughs> oh yeah, he's my vegan brother's now. vegan. Yeah. yeah. Also, I have a chat it, a chat it. <laughs> because I you... shat it all over the poop deck. <laughs> Smeargle, <laughs> clean it up. Anyway, what's uh, what? Uh, what other corrections we got here? <laughs> we said a lot of weird shit about babies <laughs> last episode. Yeah, I forget the exact context now. I, I think. I think we were talking about me coming out of the womb saying something. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, babies don't talk that early. And I was like, of course they don't. And then we pull the number out of our ass for when they actually start talking. So I asked my good friend and sometimes co-host on various podcasts, Max Lando, currently the father of a child. Uh, and hopefully <laughs> hopefully forever. Yeah, hopefully yeah. permanently the father of a child <laughs> until he stops existing. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you asked Max a question. Yeah, I, I asked him at what point do babies start talking, and he said uh, they usually take about a year. Okay, yeah. So thanks, Max. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, we were talking about various spirits, uh, especially important spirits that kind of deconfirm their status as playable or potentially deconfirm their status as playable. Right. And I forgot to mention the Paper Mario spirit. Which was kind of a big one. We predicted that as a playable character for a long time. That's true. on a Smashing Theory. I eventually rescinded that prediction. And I guess it's a good thing that I kept that uh, prediction rescinded. Right. But yes, Paper Mario is a spirit. And that's cool. Yeah. Guessing he won't be playable. He won't be one of those DLC packs. Guessing not. And that especially makes sense because... Since the DLC packs will include a character, a stage representing them, and music, mm -hmm. there's already a Paper Mario stage. Right. So Paper Mario arriving and then getting a second stage would be kind of weird. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I'm sure that's not why they didn't decide to make him a character, but it would be weird. Yeah. Also, before we get on to the Game Awards stuff, we like to cover any Smash news that's happened yes. in the past couple weeks. Of course, there is our weekly Smash music feature, because we love talking about the music in Smash. The first track is Seascape by Hirokazu Hip Tanaka, also known as Chip Tanaka. Right. And he is an especially prolific Nintendo soundtrack guy. He has done the soundtracks for the first Metroid game, mm -hmm. for the first Kid Icarus, uh, for Super Mario Land, for Earthbound, and for Dr. Mario, which means that dope-ass 
like the chill theme, I think, in Doctor Mario. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The pa 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 yeah, you know, I it's it's funny because we just had, you know, uh last time we were talking about music that was composed by the composer for Streets of Rage. He did mm-hmm. Guile's theme. This actually seemed more Streets of Ragey to me than that did. <laughs> yeah. In particular, like um the longer that series went on, the weirder and more experimental its soundtrack got uh-huh. until it was actually like divisive in Streets of Rage 3. People were like, this is either groundbreaking and incredible or like really shitty and we can't tell. Right, right. Um, and I happen to really like the soundtrack of Streets of Rage 3 and this reminded me of it a lot. Nice. Uh, so I was, a, I was a fan. I liked Seascape. Okay, cool. The next track is King Bowser by Koji Kondo himself yeah. rearranging a song that he wrote. Which is cool. Yeah, that, that's always cool when that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool, cool shit. Yeah, this one was fine. I know, like I, I thought it was a nice, it was a nice update, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, no, like it's, like it's fine. Uh, Koji Kondo has impressed me more with other songs, but uh, it is a nice uh, reimagining of a of a classic tune. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Uh, outside of Smash Music, one cool thing that happened this past week is that we got a whole bunch of previews for Smash Bros. Ultimate. Boy, did we. Yeah, like a bunch of press got their hands on the game. They got to play it for like four hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came back with a bunch of direct feed footage. So we got to see like 10 minutes of World of Light footage. We yeah. got to see a few different takes on classic mode. I guess the short of it is that the game looks fucking great. Yeah, a lot of the impressions seemed very positive to me. Yeah. You know, uh, for people who were, like, kind of writing opinion pieces about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, ev- yeah, everyone's takeaways are pretty good, and the gameplay that I've gotten to see myself, it's like, yeah, I, I really just want to fucking play this game already. It looks real good. Uh, World of Light looks fantastic. Yes. It, you know, it is basically just like you run around on a world map fighting spirits to get spirits. Right. But also, like, you start as Kirby and you fight different possessed figures to sort of free them and have them join your party. Right. Like Mario and Sheik and all that. Yeah, it's that. that's a great a great way to do a single-player adventure. I, I'm glad they kind of figured out that, like, doing weird platforming levels wasn't really <laughs> Smash's forte. Right. Like, turning Smash Bros. into Kirby didn't, didn't really work very well. Yeah. This is a great idea. Uh, although speaking of platforming levels, classic mode now has like a weird thing where like you're you're running through a platforming level while like there's this purple cloud like that closing in on you. But that I think that kind of fits the formula better than Kirby stages in Smash. Mm-hmm. The other kind of big news from all this, uh, the other like new news, is that the Palutena's Guidance Easter egg is back and has been updated for Ultimate. Right. Um, Palutena's Guidance being. There's a Kid Icarus stage where if you if you are playing as Pit and you mash the D-pad, you will have a conversation with Palutena about whoever else he's fighting. Right. In Smash Bros. 4 for the Wii U, uh, he just said a generic thing about any of the DLC characters. There was no new dialogue recorded for any of the DLC characters. Right. So people were worried that maybe the feature would just be removed or mm-hmm. or that he wouldn't say anything new about all the Ultimate characters. 
he does say new things about all the newly added characters. Uh, there's there's a couple of really funny videos online. Uh, one where he like talks about Princess Daisy. Huh. Uh, and like Daisy shows up and he's like Princess Peach. Valentina's <laughs> like, no, uh, that's Princess Daisy. Mario rescued her from the alien Tatanga, and Pitt's like, yeah, Mario rescued her. Princess Peach. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty uh, good. Yeah, and the, and the joke goes on like that. I, I love this Easter egg, so I'm really glad it's back. Me too. There was no similar confirmation or talk of the Snake Codec Easter egg right. returning or being updated. And there was a talk with Dave Hader a while back where he didn't record any new dialogue for that. So one has to assume that, that it will not be at least updated. Yeah. It'd, it'd be really weird if it's like, yeah, the feature works, but only when you're fighting someone from Brawl. <laughs> that that would be really awkward to me. Yes. Like, I'd, I hate the idea of them removing any content, but I I would almost prefer if they just removed the feature for, like... Yeah, as opposed to it being incomplete like that. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. I don't know, like... I guess it. I guess it'd be nice if, like, even the old stuff is in there, so you can just like re-listen to it. Mm-hmm. Like, because some of those conversations would be really fun to revisit. Like, he talked about like eating Yoshi's and shit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'd be fun to listen to those again without having to turn Brawl back on. That's true. But for for consistency's sake, I don't see Nintendo keeping the feature in at all. Yeah. Same. If they're if it's true that there's no new dialogue, right. David Hader could have lied to us. That's true. And there are some contracts where it's like, hey, if someone asks you about this... Right, you before have to re- lie about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Which I could see Nintendo doing. They're so secretive. They are. But yeah, TLDR. TLDL. TLDL. Smash Bros. Ultimate looks fucking awesome. It's going to be great to play it in like two weeks. Yeah. 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 But one day before Smash Bros. Ultimate comes out is the Game Awards. Wow. So let's talk about them. Let's talk about them, man. What do you want to talk about first? All right. So let me let me just give you some details, some confirmed details about the about the show. It's happening December 6, 2018 okay. at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh-huh. Uh, so it'll happen 7.30 p.m. for us in Chicago. Right. And 8.30 p.m. for all you people who live on the East Coast. Yes. I'm sure there are more than a few of you. Yes. Uh, it's a popular coast to live on. I lived on it for most of my life. I I lived on it for most of my life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Ah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Jeff Keighley has said that the orchestra that performs at the Game Awards will be back. That's good. Um, or, you know, I, I don't know if he confirmed that it's the exact same orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um including that cello player that my girlfriend really loves. <laughs> uh, oh man, I forget her name, but like She is great. Yeah, she's she's a cello player that just like wears just like she fucking like kills it. She fucking kills her fashion game style every show. icon. Yeah. Um and then she just like just unleashes like raw fury into her cello <laughs> whenever she plays. Very cool energy. So hopefully she's back and the rest of that orchestra is. Because they do a really good job. Yeah, here is a question for you that relates to Smash and the Game Awards. Do you think that we'll get a performance of the main theme by the orchestra if the orchestra returns? Ooh, that's an interesting question because technically the game won't be out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I kind of hope so. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like, yeah, hearing like uh, like an orchestrated version of Life Flight, they even like bring out the singer yeah. to, to sing the, the theme like they did for... You're uh, speaking my language. Yeah, because they did that for Jump Up Superstar last year. Right, right. Yeah, the, the singer came out and sang it. Fingers crossed that they do. I don't know if they will. Yeah. They might not. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Because like, like, what other memorable soundtracks would they play off of this year? Hmm. That's a tough one. Well, actually, you know what I think they did last year? Like, there there was a bit where they did a montage of a bunch of video game music. Right. But what they mostly did last year was play soundtracks of the Game of the Year nominees that Okay, year, right, right, right. right. Uh, so, actually, we'll talk about that in a hot second. Finally, Jeff Keighley has said that this Game Awards show will have the most world premieres to date. Damn. He also did clarify that while there will be a lot of, like, game announcements and stuff... One thing they're going to do a lot this year is focus on games as a service because, you know, that's that's kind of a big thing in this generation of video games, mm-hmm. in this era. So you can probably expect a lot of of world premieres that are updates for games that are already out, like DLC announcements right. and like, you know, hey, check out this new Fortnite gun. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I kind of expect that when, when we'll do our predictions, I, I will just kind of not include stuff like Fortnite map mm-hmm. or PUBG content. I think it's kind of given that those things will be there. Sure. And I couldn't really specify exactly what those things will be. Right. Neither of us have uh, really any Fortnite expertise at all. Yeah. Or PUBG the, for that matter. The, the most experienced Fortnite player in this household is my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, but even she doesn't really play it anymore, I don't think. Yeah, she she played it for a little while, but it, she's really frustrated by it. Mm. It seems like a frustrating game. That genre seems frustrating, if you ask me. Like, I don't know. I th- I think I the the battle royale concept has grown on me a lot. I see uh-huh. a lot of appeal to it, but specifically the idea of a battle royale game that is also a building game, and you kind of have to manage both aspects mm-hmm. of it simultaneously. That is what's frustrating to Amy. And, I th- uh, I thought that was cool at first until. I felt like every clip I was watching of it was like two people simultaneously building towers and trying to snipe each other, where they're just like running up the tower they were <laughs> building at the same time. And that's cool the first time you see it, but when it's like everything that's happening, it's like, okay, I'm I'm done with this. This is fine. We sound hilariously out of touch right now. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. No, we, we are the old men that we have hated as we've grown <laughs> up. We like other things that the youth likes, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> we like the youth things. <laughs> there's, there's this video, uh, online, uh, from this TV show, The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's this behind the scenes footage of the cast of the guy that plays Chidi specifically teaching Ted Danson how to uh, how to do the dance move, the floss. Right, teaching right. him how to floss. Uh, doing a pretty good job too. Actually, they're making some good progress. Mm-hmm. It's a really funny video to watch. But when I watched it for the first time, Amy sitting next to me, I'm like, "Oh, that's so cool that they're teaching him how to dougie." <laughs> and Amy roasted me for an hour right, again. Right. <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, it's like all the dougie. Like, tell me what it is." And she refused. So I had to, I had to like shoot out a bunch of th- shit that I thought that I was. I was like, oh, hey, it's the Orange Justice. Nope, <laughs> not that either. Uh, so, 
yeah, I'm I'm ready to turn to to go pick up my cane and my walker. I think and, and our AARP cards. Uh, yeah, yeah, and just and just crawl into a grave and wait for the <laughs> wait for nature to take its course. I'm 31. I'm not that old. <laughs> no, me neither. But like I, when I still worked at the school where I worked for a while, um, a rapper came to the school at one point um, because he was like distantly related to one of the kids. He was coming to wish them a happy birthday. Aww. Everybody was like running down the hall trying to get autographs, pictures with him, you know, whatever. And I'd never heard of the guy before. And uh, I was kind of talking to some kids who were in the office for a project. You know, like, I've never heard of this guy. Who is this guy? And one of the kids said, well, maybe you don't know Mr. Francis because you were born in the 80s. Like, that's a, <laughs> like, that's a really fucking long time ago. <laughs> so uh, I'll never feel that old again, no matter how old I get. This does not make me feel that old. Anyway, that's the information about the Game Awards. Yep. Uh, so we know about the Game of the Year nominees. There's nominees for a lot of different awards. We're just going to talk about the Game of the Year ones real quick. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, going over the entire list would be the length of our usual podcast by itself, so we'll <laughs> fast forward a bit. So the games nominated for Game of the Year are Assassin's Creed Odyssey, mm-hmm. Celeste, mm-hmm. God of War, mm-hmm. Marvel's Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Monster Hunter World, whoop, whoop. and Red Dead Redemption 2. Out of those nominees, I've played two of them. And I've played... I think also two of them. Two right? of them. Yeah. <laughs> the, the same two. Yeah. Yeah, uh, those two being Spider-Man and Monster Hunter World. Right. Uh, although I have been kind of interested in Celeste, and, like, mm-hmm. I I would play those other three if given the opportunity. Not for sure. You know, I... Um, I... I've been put off of Red Dead Redemption 2 a little bit because of, you know, obviously Rockstar's co- corporate culture has been in the news lately. Yeah, yeah, and, it's been discouraging. And, you know, I mean, obviously, like, uh, the games industry is notorious for being horrible about crunch and about oh, overtime yeah. and things like that. So I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that that's only kind of the tip of the iceberg. And there are a lot of other companies that I like and support with my wallet Yeah, that uh, I would also be, you know, horrified to discover their working conditions. Having said that, it does feel kind of morally irresponsible of me to learn about all of that and then to turn around and go like, oh, horses. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it it does feel weird. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people connected to the industry have essentially said, it's like, hey, yeah, if you you don't want to give Rockstar your money, that's cool and we get that. And, you know, that's cool of you and everything. But you, you don't have to... Lose your enthusiasm for Red Dead Redemption 2 as a result. Right. Just buy the game used. Sure. And then when you get to play it, just let the people who made it know how much you like it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a cool philosophy. Um, yeah, I do too. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of voting with your wallet. Same. You know? Um, so I, I would feel uncomfortable giving money to Rockstar over this, right? Like having having the big wigs that make these terrible decisions benefit yes. from from that. But I do appreciate that a lot of people, a lot of these people that are directly getting burned by this are like, no, play play the game. Right. Find a way to play the game because we worked really hard on it and we want you to. Yeah, no, like, uh, you know, a lot of the people in a lot of the articles that I've read, whether they were speaking anonymously or whatever, you know, uh, the, the kind of uh, opinion was almost universally like, don't let this stop you from playing the game. We just want you to know what's going on. Yeah. You know, so that hopefully something can come of it. Yeah. 
but uh, anyway, for now, I'm not playing Red Dead Redemption 2, at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the other games, you know, I'd, um, I'd play them if I got the chance. I don't know necessarily that I would buy God of War or Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Right. Uh, but uh, I don't know, like, if I if a relative or something like gave it to me for Christmas or if it was on like a free game server, you know, like monthly, like, like the PlayStation Xbox, plus or whatever. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, then I definitely give them a shot. I'm, yeah. I'm really intrigued by Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Actually. That seems like a really interesting game. Yeah. Yeah. seems, seems like a cool take on that whole thing. Yeah. I also really, really appreciate that the game awards as of late has tried to include at least one indie nominee. Yeah. Know? That's cool. They have a couple of other uh, slots, actually. They have like they have a a best indie game category, and they also have a games for impact category, right. where they talk about like you know games that sort of uh, have cool like emotional repercussions and all that. You know, mm-hmm. games games that sort of try to forward video games as an art form. Sure, uh, which is great. I love those categories. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Celeste is a nominee for both of those categories. By the way, that makes um, sense, and I, you know, I feel like Celeste might win in one of those categories, but probably not this one. Who right. would you, who would you say is most likely to win the Game of the Year award out of these six? As much as I would love to say Monster Hunter World, because that's my personal, you know, right, uh, Game of the Year out of those, I don't think it's going to be that. Uh, I think that it's, I think it's probably a toss-up between Spider-Man and RDR two. Okay, um, and I would uh, barely give the edge to RDR two. Um, I think it's a toss up between God of War and RDR two. Okay, and I would give a slight edge to God of War. Okay, yeah, because like it's funny, even though there's so much praise for RDR two, and people are like, "Yeah, this is this is an achievement," mm-hmm. you know. At the same time, a lot of the same people are saying it's an achievement. Also, it's a buggy mess. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, reading reviews of it has been really interesting because on the one hand, people are basically saying like, you know, no game like this with this kind of scope, with this kind of vision has ever existed before. Yeah. You know, the story is incredible and this and that. And then on the other hand, it's like, you know, there's this like system for managing how hungry you are and it literally doesn't matter (laughs) and like all these other things. Uh, It's like it's it's kind of like clearly, you know. It's an experience, but it's also one where maybe, you know, as a result of them pouring so much effort into kind of particular aspects of the game, there are other parts that went by the wayside a little bit. Yeah. And that said, God of War, as far as I can tell, is not only an unprecedented experience, but also one that is expertly crafted. Sure. Uh, one, one that is put together very well and that doesn't have as many hilarious bugs as RDR2 does. Right, you know? right. So I feel like God of War is going to take it. Okay. Um, my my personal vote, if I were a member of the panel, I think I would make an argument for Spider-Man being the game of the year. Yeah, that's fair. It's an excellent game. Yeah, no, it's it's really awesome. And I feel knowing what I know about my taste in games, if I had played all six of these, I feel, I feel like Spider-Man might still be my nomination. Sure. I could see Celeste creeping up on me, too, because I, I am a sucker for... For cool indie experiences. Sure, sure. But no, Spider-Man, you know, incredibly well made, super amazing attention to detail. Yes. Uh, and just kind of takes the the Arkham genre and transcends it, you know, it, it evolves it yeah. in, in a really cool way. So, into that shit. 
So that's those are our first predictions. So you're saying RDR two is yeah. going to take it. I'm saying God of War is going to take it. Okay. But our our preferences would be Monster Hunter World and and Spider Man respectively. Uh yes, I think that's accurate. Nice. So while the awards themselves are fun to watch and see handed out, mm-hmm. even though like it's funny, there's there's like. 30 categories and we only ever see like 10 of them actually like hand the awards to people <laughs> like during during the presentation and that's right. because they're spending so much time making room for the reveals which right. is probably the most exciting part of this to a lot of people yes uh so uh these the other thing that uh jeff Keeley has said about reveals is that nearly every major video game publisher is going to be present at the game awards this right year. uh we already have a pretty big confirmation of someone that's going to be there, and that's our boy Reggie Fizeme. Woo! So we'll definitely be talking some Nintendo predictions, as a, and that's part of the reason uh, we played with the idea of doing this episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, since that's obviously the meatiest thing for us to talk about, we'll save that for last. Okay. There's a lot of different companies that could show off a lot of different things, so uh, so I definitely want to go through them one by one, Let's... especially like the big meaty ones. Well, in the words of Nintendo's most famous mascot, "Let's a go." Oh yeah, Chibi Robo said that. Yeah, he also said "Mamma Mia" <laughs> and "So long, Bowser." <laughs> so let's start with Sony. Okay. Yeah, we're we're doing this in kind of like, uh, kind of a oh yeah, I, this company's a thing order. So Sony. <laughs> uh, so I think there's you know there's definitely some stuff that Sony's going to show. I think they'll show at least a couple things, especially because they have such a strong presence in the nominees you right. know like two game of the year nominees are are published by sony so you they'll definitely want to be there right yeah for sure so i think one of the first things they could probably show and this seems like an easy one is spider-man dlc right right the uh we already know about the city that never sleeps trio of dlc uh like story packs mm-hmm. uh the second one turf wars just came out so I think what we can probably expect is to see a trailer for the third DLC pack. Okay. Uh called The Silver Lining and like get like a trailer for it and a release date. Right. Uh like of late December. Based on uh that title, what do you think it might be about? Oh, pro- probably mainly about Silver Sable. Oh uh, yeah. Right. Um but what I hope they do is that they they use that trailer to give us a playable Mile Morales tease. Oh, uh, that'd be really great. Yeah. Uh, I hope that happens. But Since we'll see. we didn't fucking get playable Black Cat, yeah, yeah, uh, no playable Black Cat in that first DLC. I liked me. the I liked the Black Cat DLC. Otherwise, it was fun and it was really cool to interact with Black Cat. You know, it's funny because I was I was thinking about Spider Man as you were talking about it during like the kind of our kind of game of little mini game of the year discussion. Yeah, yeah. I obviously like that game. I think it's a great game. In hindsight, though, one thing that I think was less successful is you know there's the part where you're playing as spider-man obviously yeah and then there's the sneaking missions where you're playing as other characters yeah and then there's also like the like hacking mini games where you have to do stuff yeah um and i think that those are all fine on their own uh-huh. but they completely arrest the momentum of whatever else you're doing and so when i went into the black cat dlc it's like I'm doing the stuff in the first part of the DLC. I don't want to spoil it. Right. And then, you know, eventually it gets to a part where I had to hack something. 
And I just like got to that screen and I was like, oh, I don't feel like doing this. <laughs> I was having fun doing Spider-Man stuff. <laughs> now I have to do this puzzle thing. Like it just robbed me of any momentum that I had going In- into the game. Interesting. Um, and so I think that, you know, I almost wish that like you could turn those off, you know, or skip them or something. Huh. Because um, it, it really was bugging me on that particular time when I was playing it. I know that the accessibility options, mm-hmm. like, let you glaze over at least some stuff like that, but I don't okay. know. I don't know if like the hacking puzzle specifically or something you can skip as a result. Oh, well, maybe I'll look into it because yeah. that was bothering me a lot. That's fair, but yeah, hope hopefully uh, Spider-Man DLC three. Uh, other than that, there are three upcoming Sony games that we know about. The first of those games is Dreams, right? The Media Molecule, Media Molecule. I think so. The Little Big Planet guys, right? Um, it's their new project where you sort of get to uh, use the Dreams tool set to sort of make your own games within the game right? and play other people's creations. Seems really cool. I actually got to see some of it when I went to Day of the Devs. Oh, that's cool. uh, In California. And Uh, you can learn more about that if you listen to our other podcast. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But I, I got to see that, and it was really cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, you know, it looks like a really fun way to uh, let your creativity flow. I always appreciate that in a video game. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw like a side-scrolling space shooter in Dreams, <laughs> but I also saw like a text adventure. That's cool. really cool stuff. Nice. Um, but yeah, I so I think Dreams Dreams initially had a 2018 release date, and then it slid into 2019. Mm-hmm. So what I think is going to happen is that we are going to get a specific release date announcement uh, for Dreams at the Game Awards. Okay. Especially since we're not getting PSX this year. Sure. And it'll probably be somewhere in the first half of 2019, where in 2019 is anyone's guess. Yeah. I maybe, think, maybe like a March release date. I think that makes sense. The second game is Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Ghost of Ghost of Tsushima. Uh-huh. And out of Sony's upcoming stuff, I think that's the least likely to make an appearance. Okay. Yeah. I I just, I don't get the vibe it'll be there. I can see what you mean. Like, you know, we already got some pretty chunky gameplay footage of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what else would they reveal about it, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I get you. Pretty much guaranteed to be there, I think, in some form or another, mm-hmm. is Death Stranding. Because Jeff Keighley loves Hideo Kojima. Yeah, and I think he pretty much said at some point, like, you know, someone's like, is Kojima's going to be there? And Ko- and Jeff Keighley was basically like, Kojima's always going to be there. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll get... A Death Stranding gameplay trailer. It would be really nice if it was a gameplay trailer that featured more gameplay than Norman Reedus walking around in a mountain. Yeah, and I think it will. I think we'll actually get to see, like, like a vertical slice. I think we'll actually get to see, like, a gameplay segment of the right. game clearly being played by somebody. Oh, that'd be so nice. Yeah, I think that's finally happening. Please. And I think maybe they'll they'll even say, like, 2019 at the end. Right. You know? Um, although I could see that getting delayed into 2020 after the fact. Well, um, I want to say that Kojima announced recently that they had finished development of the game. Did he do that? No. <laughs> really? No. I really thought he did that. No. Hold on. Are you thinking of are Are you thinking of Nomura from Square Enix saying that they finished development of Kingdom Hearts three? I might. Oh no no no! You know what he. He said that it was going by faster than he thought it was. Oh, yeah. That's I'm, what he said. I'm, I'm seeing that now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, may, maybe 2019. Right. 
Um, do you think we'll see any Sony stuff besides that? I mean, not that I could think of. Yeah, I, they, I, they feel like most of what they're doing is PS5. You know? Yes, yeah, exactly. I think they're mostly hunkering down on that. Like, maybe some God of War story DLC or something. Oh, yeah, maybe. But uh, but other than that, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll just get maybe a couple Sony, big Sony updates. Right. My, my bet is, yeah, like... Uh, like a little Sony, a medium Sony, and a big Sony. The, the little <laughs> Sony being the Spider-Man DLC, the medium Sony being a Dreams release date, or at least a release window, like spring or something, mm-hmm. and the big Sony being some Death Stranding gameplay. Okay, I, I like that. Yeah. Like, welcome to Sony. Would you like little Sony, medium Sony, or big Sony? <laughs> oh, the big Sony. Ah, here is incomprehensible gameplay. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good. Uh, up next... I guess Sony's a big boy, so here's another big one. Uh, Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft just did an event called XD18. Right. Um, and they showed off a lot of stuff, so I can't really think of what else Microsoft would bring to the table. So I think Microsoft not really showing up is what Jeff Keighley might mean by almost every major developer will be there. <laughs> right. Um, but maybe they'll show off Horizon look. But maybe they'll show up a horse. Maybe. I, I also really liked it. Like a little while ago, you said what? That was good. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, uh, you can cut out the ho. In, uh, in oh, post. Oh. Forza Horizon 4 DLC. Right. I can see that happening. It's, just, it's funny, like, knowing what I know about that game, which is that it's all about, like, seasons. Yeah. Like, the first thing I thought of was, like, we're adding a fifth season. The <laughs> <laughs> game of the year. Yeah. Just inventing a new season. <laughs> it's uh, called but... Brinter, and it's, like, winter, but it's really hot, but it's not summer. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think Microsoft has shown what they've wanted to show for this year, so yeah. I don't see them having too much of a game awards presence. And you know, they'll just wow you with Brinter, and then they'll just keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's a real season. Brinter. <laughs> it took a minute to sink in. That is kind of funny. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Thanks. Anyway, who's next? Uh, WB Games. Ah, yes. Now, these guys always have at least a little bit of presence right. at, at the Game Awards, and I think they'll have kind of a big presence this time. So there's, there's like, three major things I could see WB Games doing here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go from least likely to most likely. Okay. Least likely, whatever Rocksteady's working on. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, uh, I don't think there's a 0% chance. I think they could show up. Okay. Rocksteady did recently hire a PR person, so maybe right. they're finally ready to show off their project. Uh, I think some of the confirmations are that the project is DC-related somehow, mm-hmm. uh, that it will have games-as-a-service elements, that there is like a team within Rocksteady working on like weapon designs and stuff. Hmm. So it's kind of been narrowed down to probably either a Justice League-related project oh, or yeah. a Suicide Squad-related project. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that the Suicide Squad is the, the IP that I'm craziest about, mm-hmm. but I bet they could make an awesome game about it. No, no, I'm I'm sure they could, but you know, if I if I if I had to choose between Rocksteady making a Justice League game or a Suicide Squad game, you know which one I'd choose. Oh sure, sure. Would not be Suicide Squad. <laughs> uh but one of those getting a, a video game announcement at the Game Awards would be very cool. Yes, for sure. I'd say maybe there's a 30% chance of that happening. Okay. But uh, 
but that's not a zero percent chance. That's true. Next most likely mm-hmm. is whatever NetherRealm Studios is working on, and more specifically, Mortal Kombat 11. Yes, please, Ed Boon. Yeah, this drought of NetherRealm news is fucking killing me. Yeah, that'd be it'd be really amazing. They are working on a game right now. Uh, judging from previous patterns, it's probably the next Mortal Kombat game. Yes, and usually we know what that game is by now. Right. Like, usually in the cycle we know what that game is. So, there's one of two possibilities. One possibility is that because the game usually comes out in the spring, mm-hmm. and announcing the game during E3 of the previous year, and, like, trickling out information all the way to spring, mm-hmm. usually goes very clumsily for NetherRealm. Right. Um, I think one of the possibilities is that they decided to announce it near the end of the year and then have, like, six months straight five to six months straight of like media blowout for the game. Okay. Like showing like a new character, like every couple weeks. Sure. I think that's, that's the first possibility. Yeah. It comes out like June, 2019 and we'll just get a lot a, a much rapider pace of, of information about the game. Right. Than usual. Here's the second possibility. NetherRealm is taking more time on this game because they want to release it for next gen systems. Mm, okay. And therefore, we won't see Mortal Kombat 11. We won't have it in our hands until 2020 when these new systems launch. That would be so sad. Yeah. That would be so sad to go through an entire year of just having, like, I love Injustice 2, but, like, not having any new content for it. Right. Of just, you know, playing this, like, stagnant game for that span of time. Oh, that would kill me. Yeah. Yeah, no, that'd be really rough. So I hope it's the first thing, Same. and I hope we, we get an announcement at the Game Awards. I don't know why, but I thought your second thing was going to be they're taking their time with it because it's a brand new IP. Ooh, um, that would be that would be cool, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd, I would love to see NetherRealm make a game that isn't Mortal Kombat or Injustice. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I love both of those games, but I'd love to see what they do with something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thought there would be either just... A brand new fighting game where all of the characters are from different horror movies. Ah, they they just so good. Yeah, they just take like you know, but they would already have like six move sets <laughs> they could just grab right, yeah. from all the Mortal Kombat guest characters: Freddy Krueger and Leatherface and whoever else. Yeah. Uh, Jason. Yeah, yeah, and then like add a bunch of other iconic horror movie characters. Alien Predator they've got as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Alien Predator. Yeah, no that. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, uh, and I think a lot of people have wanted that. Alternately, they have a mobile game where you can fight as superhero personas of different wrestlers. <laughs> if, they, if they just made that a triple-A <laughs> franchise, I'd be down. Yeah, I'd, be I'd, I'd play that. I'd I, play I that. don't even watch wrestling, but that'd be pretty great. I mean, realistically, I'll play literally anything that NetherRealm makes, but I <laughs> sure. would be enthusiastic about that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think another own game could show up at the Game Awards, I want it to happen badly enough that I'll just say that I'm predicting it. Okay. That that's, that that's going to happen. Yeah, I think that's fair. Most likely, however, is Portkey Games' AAA Harry Potter game, which unfortunately got leaked at a mall <laughs> or something <laughs> I was gonna a couple say, months ago. Since that shit already leaked, they should just slap that trailer on there and be like, yeah, it's, it's here it is. Look at it. Yeah. And then just leave. Yeah. I, I think they will officially announce their, their big time Harry Potter game here where... Like you are, you are like a fifth year Hogwarts student in like the 1800s or something, yeah. right? Or like the early 1900s. 
or whatever. And I think I think it's the I think it's like Victorian. England. Yeah, yeah. You do. You're a wizard on a special mission. You get to customize your wizard. You get to choose your your wizard's like class and stuff. Right. Um. You get to go to school and do like slice of lifey school stuff there. You get to pick your house. You get to do the whole sorting hat thing. Basically, just like a dope ass open world game where you're at Hogwarts and doing cool wizard shit. Right. Which sounds uh, sounds great on paper. Yeah, sounds great. I'm I'm not in the mood to give Harry Potter my money right now. Yeah. Uh but that sounds like a cool game and yes. I bet they'll show it here. Yeah, I I think that's likely. Yeah. So I'm I'm I am straight up predicting that the Harry Potter game will be at the Game Awards world premiere. Okay. Yada yada. Yeah, I think that's fair. Cool. So let's talk about uh Activision Blizzard. Let's talk about them. So they need some help. <laughs> they've, they've been having a bad year, uh, at least in terms of public opinion. Yeah, uh, not in terms of sales, at no. the very least. Black Ops 4, the October MPD just came out, mm-hmm. and Black Ops 4 is the best-selling game of the month Yeah, sounds uh, right. by a pretty good margin, beating out Red Dead Redemption 2. Right, wow. Which, which to be fair, Red Dead Redemption 2 was on the market for less time. Right than Black Ops 4, but Black Ops 4 still beat a yeah, Rockstar game. That's no mean feat. Yeah. And I've I've heard good things about Black Ops 4, mostly that the Blackout Battle Royale game mode is actually pretty pretty good and pretty okay. well implemented. Yeah, so I could see some kind of DLC being announced for it. Sure. Um, because it's so new and stuff. One thing I could see happening is, as some people might know, there have been... Rumors flying around about the Blizzard side of Activision Blizzard mm-hmm. that they were planning on announcing Diablo 4 at BlizzCon this year, right. but changed their mind at the last minute. <laughs> and that went well for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was rough. But maybe they changed their mind at the last minute because they decided to do a little work on the trailer or whatever and release that announcement at the Game Awards instead. Could very well be. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I think they'd better, like, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, they've really been getting kind of, uh, negative fan reaction on almost all fronts, like in the kind of Blizzard area. Yeah. Like, they haven't done anything with StarCraft in a while. Yeah. Uh, the latest World of Warcraft expansion to come out has been reviled by the fan base for Ooh. just being kind of very, like, very, like, kind of, uh gotcha and cash grabby you know Ooh. and feeling like it's straying really far from the original vision uh then of course obviously you have the diablo mobile you know fiasco that's uh-huh. happened yeah a lot of pro players have been shitting on overwatch lately because they think that changes that were made to the game make it like less fun from a competitive standpoint fair um yeah they've just been having like They've been having some trouble with their fans. A lot of the core fan base is kind of turning away from the Blizzard side of Activision Blizzard. Mm. So I think that, you know, it would be really great if they could A, announce Diablo 4, and B, have it be more than like, hey, we're working on Diablo 4. Well, see you later. (laughs) You know, like if they could have something there that's really compelling, I think that would be good for them to kind of close out the year on good faith. Yeah, I don't know if it's far enough in development yet for that. Yeah. There, there is a rumor flying around that uh that they are working on a, a completely different take for Diablo 4. Hmm. They were making a uh, kind of 3D like over the shoulder perspective oh, and wow. very uh very Dark Souls inspired. Oh. Uh but the Dark Souls bubble kind of started to pop around 2016, <laughs> which is when they canceled it okay. and started working 
uh, on a version of Diablo 4 that is much closer to Diablo 2's gameplay. Okay. Closer to Diablo 2 than Diablo 3 has been. Okay. While one would think that maybe that would take much less time to develop, who knows how far along they are on that. Sure, that's fair. Uh, and any other Activision Blizzard whammies you can think of? Um, not really. Like, yeah, I mean, we we know that Diablo, or, you know, we have heard that Diablo 4 is, you know, kind of a thing. I think that's probably the most likely contender for some kind of announcement. Yeah. Uh, you know, you would think that a lot of the other stuff, like, if they had anything, I feel like they would have revealed it at BlizzCon, because they're so close together. Right, so what about on the Activision side? Uh, blah. on the Activision side, what does Activision have going on again? Like, uh, they've got Destiny. Stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There could be some Destiny stuff, because they did just, like, like give the game away for free on PC. Yeah, well, maybe, um, yeah, maybe like an expansion or something. Right, yeah. I, Although I think For, Forsaken could... just came out pretty recently, right? Mm-hmm. But they could still announce, you know, like, yeah. hey, like, later this uh, year, or, you know, next year we're going to yeah. have uh, Destiny expansion. I don't know, what's the opposite of Forsaken? recovered <laughs> <laughs> great this is the best prediction i've heard all Woo! Night. Uh, here's here's a stupid prediction okay that probably won't happen cool crash team racing hd <laughs> i like that yeah you know what if you predict crash team racing hd i'll predict that there will be uh ex- an expansion for destiny okay all right deal deal the pact is sealed <laughs> um electronic arts so I think there's potential for some cool EA announcements here. I think one thing they could end up doing is doing kind of a media blowout for Anthem. Sure. That game's supposed to come out in February. Wow. They've been very quiet about it for a while. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> wow, look at all this cool stuff. You can do an Anthem. Whoa, check out this gameplay. It's coming out in 2020. Let's <laughs> 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 see you. Bye. I, I could see the game getting an additional delay. Yeah. But maybe it'd be cool if it's like, hey... Here's Anthem. Here's a cool thing you haven't seen yet about Anthem. Same release date. Here's what the Collector's Edition looks like. Right. You know, that'd be nice. We're launching the beta tonight. Ooh, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be real good. Oh, man. That'd, that, that would be a power play right there. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really cool. A couple other things I think they could do, though, to sort of wow people. Well, the second one will wow people, but it will make me happy. Okay. Uh, sea of Solitude, that cool, like, indie game they showed with, like, that right. girl with, like, the glowing red eyes, like, in the ocean. Uh, like the monster girl. Yeah. yeah. That has a very nebulous release date of early 2019. Mm-hmm. We're approaching that, so they could give us a release date trailer at Game Awards. That's true. That'd be cool. But I think the biggest whammy that Electronic Arts could hit us with is giving us a legit trailer for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Uh, Respawn Entertainment has been working on a Star Wars game for a little while now. They've given some details about it and nothing else. Right. Basically, like, you are a Jedi, and it takes place in between one trilogy and another, and I forget which one. I think it takes place during the time in between Revenge of the Sith and That would make the most sense. Four, yeah, when, based on the title. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when Jedis are kind of getting wiped out as a species. Right. The guy's like, yeah, it's really cool. Not showing you anything, though. <laughs> so I, this would be, I think, a fantastic time to show at least, like, a cinematic trailer. Yeah, I agree. For Jedi Fallen Order. That would be really neat. I, Electronic Arts really needs to get people excited about Star Wars games again. Mm-hmm. They're not doing a great job at that. <laughs> so this is an opportunity for them to do that. We'll see how that goes. That's fair. 
I wish I was more excited about Star Wars in general, but that's a story for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but here's a company that can show some cool shit. Mm-hmm. Square Enix. Yeah. So Square Enix both has several opportunities to kind of show games as a service updates, right? Mm-hmm. They can do uh, like Final Fantasy fourteen stuff. Yeah. They, they very recently announced an expansion pack, right? They did, yes. What's, what's it called again? I, uh, something. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> Shadowbringers. Shadowbringers. Yes. Uh, we haven't seen the uh, the debut trailer for Shadowbringers yet, right? We've seen a cinematic trailer. Okay. Um, and we've seen a video that shows off a new uh, class, the Blue Mage. The Blue that's Mage. Coming. But uh, we haven't really seen, yeah, kind of like the gameplay trailer that you get with MMOs where it like debuts the new features and stuff. Okay. Haven't seen that yet. So we could definitely see some stuff there. Okay. And I'd be excited about that because I do play that game regularly. Uh, they've also got plenty of upcoming games that we'd love to hear more about. Mm-hmm. Um, Life is Strange 2 had its first episode debut in September. Right. And... Or maybe October, but it came out recently. Yeah. And we've kind of had a radio silence about the game since then. That's true. So I think, here's here's a prediction. Okay. Episode 2 is going to shadow drop on Game Awards night. Ooh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. E- episode 2 of Life is Strange 2, getting a trailer and, and available tonight. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then... Life is Strange 2, Episode 2, and Smash Bros. Ultimate will have to compete for my attention. <laughs> uh, Ouch. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably play Ultimate first and then Episode 2 like the next day. That's fair. Kingdom Hearts 3 is about to come out. Uh, maybe that Winnie the Pooh trailer was the last we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see of stuff before the game comes out. But maybe we'll get an announcement for a world we weren't expecting at the game awards could be i feel like no though i feel like that won't happen okay um because yeah, we've been getting kind of a media blitz of kingdom hearts 3 stuff yeah yeah especially yeah. since nomura was just like hey the game's gone gold <laughs> right here's another trailer because it's gone gold <laughs> i didn't even watch that trailer because i i'm like i've seen enough of the game now i just want to yeah. play it yeah that's fair yeah but since they've kind of finished their kingdom hearts 3 media blitz Maybe it's finally time to get a Final Fantasy VII remake update. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, Nomura has confirmed that, you know, development is still coming along just fine for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm-hmm. Although I do feel like Final Fantasy VII Remake is now sort of being targeted as a next-gen title. Mm, yeah, I can see it. So I, I could kind of take it or leave it. Like, I, I could kind of see them not showing up. But I think the last one is kind of the biggest one. The, okay. the The last talking point I have for Square Enix. And that is that last year, pretty early last year, too, Mm -hmm. Square Enix and Disney announced that Square Enix is partnering with Disney to make an Avengers game. Right. Crystal Dynamics, specifically, is developing an Avengers game. And then they said, no new information (laughs) until 2018. Wow. Uh, They've got pretty much one chance left in 2018 to give us some Avengers video game <laughs> info. Okay. So this this might be the place. This might be the place where we get an Avengers trailer or announcement. That'd be cool. Other possibility, Avengers is a next-gen game, and we're not <laughs> hearing shit about it until next year. Right, right. Guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, what, what, what do you think, if you had to predict one way or the other? Um, 
I would love for there to be details on the Avengers game. I something's telling me it, it ain't happening. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll predict that Avengers will be at the show. Okay. Yeah, that we'll get like a cinematic trailer, but they won't even mention like consoles. I guess we'll see who is right and who is wrong, but pleased. <laughs> you know, uh, which I will be if it's there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to see it. I, I, I don't have a lot of faith in that prediction, but I'm I'm taking a leap of it. Leap of faith. Okay. These other uh, these other companies are maybe... Oh, they're, they're about on par with Square Enix, I think. Mm-hmm. So Sega, right? Sega could show some stuff. Sure. Uh, Sonic Team Racing got delayed until next year. Right. Um, so maybe they'll show some Sonic Team Racing racers that'd be cool uh i don't know who's left i think silver's been confirmed i think they shut off team chaotix already right. i think big the cat's in the game <laughs> i think silver's Rocky. in there <laughs> um i know maybe uh maybe mecha sonic or something lara metal Sue. sonic huh lara sue no <laughs> <laughs> it's just ken penders driving a go-kart <laughs> he does the presentation <laughs> I'm here to announce that we've changed the game to Lara Sue Racing. <laughs> uh, Lara Sue is a character from the Archie comic run of Sonic, created by Ken Penders, a man who is awful. Yes. Uh, essentially, he, he sued Archie to keep the IP rights to all of these echidna OCs that he made. <laughs> oh, man. Ken Penders is single-handedly the reason that... Sega removed the Sonic Comics license away from Archie and gave it to somebody else. Yeah, like, he tanked that whole thing himself. And he's very proud of it, which just makes me even more upset. Yeah, oh man. Oh man. Oh, so stupid. <laughs> so, so Sonic Team Racing, maybe, they could announce Yakuza stuff. Yeah. So, over in Japan, they've already confirmed... That the PS4 is getting ports of Yakuza's 4, 5, and 6. Okay. Or, of Yakuza's 3, 4, and 5. Okay. Um, we haven't had a straight-up confirmation of that over here yet. So, if they announce, like, you know, Yakuza 3, Yakuza 4, Yakuza 5, mm-hmm. coming uh, coming to the PS4 throughout 2019, mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, nice, nice little announcement, especially for, like, you know, people that are bigger fans of the Japanese side of, of gaming. Right. Alternately, uh, there is a new game by the Yakuza team called Judge Eyes, right? Uh, where you are a lawyer, uh, basically doing shit that you would do in Yakuza, but also <laughs> defending people in court and stuff. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's like Phoenix Wright, but you beat people up <laughs> a lot. Yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah, and that's that's coming out very soon in Japan, and it's been confirmed for a Western release. Mm-hmm. More details on that Western release would be cool. Yes. So Capcom, mm-hmm. uh, they've got a lot of stuff that can sort of give us on the on the games as a service line of things, like mm-hmm. a Monster Hunter World announcement, especially because Monster Hunter World is a Game of the Year nominee. Yeah. Would be cool if they're just like, hey, tonight you can download a raid battle with that monkey that throws poop. Yeah, that's something they would do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need eight people to fight that guy. Yeah, that monkey monster. He Con- throws... Congalala. Congalala? Yeah, that's really his name. 
<laughs> Galala. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kongalala available tonight. <laughs> that would be like Street Fighter Five going like Dan available tonight. Oh, you know how much I would fucking love that announcement. I mean, of course you would. Speaking of Street Fighter Five, I don't think there will be any Street Fighter Five announcements at the Game Awards. Any Street Fighter Five announcements will be at Capcom Cup a week later. Sure. And I do think that they'll probably sort of reveal their Season 4 plans. Hopefully, there are Season 4 plans. <laughs> right, yeah. That'd be good. Uh, yeah. Fingers crossed there. Um, we have allowed Namco Bandai to acquire us, and we will be working on Dragon Ball Fighters from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people that'd be happy about that. Yeah. Um, not, not this person. <laughs> Uh, Double May Cry Five is going to come out soon, mm-hmm. so maybe they'll they'll show off some more stuff from that. Uh, here's an interesting rumor that aiding mm-hmm. a a development team that has done some cool stuff. They made Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Mm-hmm. That aiding has been hired to develop DLC for Mega Man Eleven. Hmm. Uh, this is an interesting rumor because it comes from a Steam listing, basically. Like, an additional listing under Mega Man 11 was made on Steam with Aiting being credited, even though they didn't work on the original game at all. Ah, okay. So, Mega Man 11 DLC, where maybe, like, play as base, (laughs) or or Proto Man or something. That'd be cool. Or maybe even kind of like an epilogue DLC or something. Sure, sure. Uh, That would all be really cool, and that's the kind of thing that I can see being announced at the Game Awards. Yeah, same. But here's probably the biggest and meatiest thing that Capcom could show off. Uh, there is a rumor that in the wake of Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite's failure, Peter Kambofid Rosas, a guy that used to work in uh, Capcom's PR department, right. but now works at Marvel Games in kind of a cushy producer position, <laughs> that behind the scenes, Kambofid is... Getting Marvel and Capcom to talk to each other again after the disaster that was Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Right. Uh, to graphically overhaul Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, add X-Men and shit, and re-release it as a new game called Marvel vs. Capcom 4. Uh-huh. This rumor almost sounds too good to be true. <laughs> the Grinch leak of rumors. <laughs> <laughs> uh... But the Combo Fiend connection makes a lot of sense to me. Yes. Uh, especially because, like, Combo Fiend was a producer on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And, boy, I bet the producer of Marvel's Spider-Man has a lot of goodwill built up right now. <laughs> That's fair. That's a good to, point. If you wanted to spend that goodwill on making Marvel vs. Capcom good again, <laughs> I bet it could happen. Sure, I can see that. And I could see him wanting to do that because Combo Fiend loves fighting games. He does. He loves them. And I mean, you know, his nickname is Combo Fiend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any, like my any, my any... nickname could be Cheese Man because I love cheese <laughs> as much as Combo Fiend loves fighting games. Hey, have you heard the rumor? Cheese Man. Cheese Man left his job at Kraft Cheese <laughs> to work at Marvel. And now they're teaming up <laughs> to make spider cheese. I mean, come on, man. I think it's a really good idea. So moving the fuck on. <laughs> I think Marvel vs. Cap I think them revitalizing Marvel vs. Capcom would be an incredible idea. Yes. Because 
Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite uh, was not a bad game. It was just a bad-looking game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the mechanically, it had some cool stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, the roster wasn't there yet. They promised that the roster would be there, and then they never talked to us again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the story mode was uh, was kind of a joke. But I think, you know, I think a lot of those things are because Capcom was depending on Marvel's budget, and Marvel didn't really give them one. Right. That, that's the vibe you get by looking at Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Yeah. So I think a world where Marvel looks at how many sales they can get by putting a lot of budget into a video game, mm-hmm. right? Spider-Man was such a success. Yeah. Right? So I think Marvel looked at that, then listened to Combo Fiend's like, you know, passioned plea about giving Capcom enough money to make a good fighting game <laughs> while also kind of pointing at Street Fighter V, right? right. Because Street Fighter V has not been doing too bad. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been doing great either. But I I think there is a world where that makes sense. Yeah. Where, where they give Marvel vs. Capcom another, another chance. Because, man, Marvel vs. Capcom is a great IP. They kind of squandered it with Infinite, but I think they have the ability to get some goodwill back. I think so, too. So I think I'm going to predict that. I think Marvel vs. Capcom 4 getting a Game Awards announcement like makes sense in a lot of ways. Okay. Yeah. What What, what do you think? Um, I I think that's a great prediction. I think that uh, it's not necessarily something that's been kind of forecasted by anything other than rumor, but I think that it makes a lot of sense based on everything that you said. Nice. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Any other Capcom thoughts? I'm going to throw a prediction out there that I don't think will come true, but that I can't resist not predicting. Okay. I think that at the Game Awards this year, Capcom is going to announce a new Monster Hunter game that is exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. Ooh. I think that, you know, um, a lot of people have been really upset that Monster Hunter World was not ported to the Switch. Right. uh, Which is, like, technically impossible. (laughs) Uh, because of the way that game works, right? Not not impossible, but definitely hard. Yes, pro- uh, prohibitively difficult. We'll say. Yeah, like Iron Galaxy has actually stepped forward and and said, like, we can port it. <laughs> you let us port it, we will fucking right. port it. Uh, but you know, they Capcom said no. I guess anyway, right. go on. But I think that what we're going to see is a game that takes a lot of the new quality of life improvements from World and puts them into a scaled-down experience that yeah. is exclusive to the Switch. I think that is an amazing idea. I think it will happen, and it will be announced within the next year. Mm-hmm. I don't think Game Awards is the place where that will happen. Well, I'm locking it in anyway, because I'm a wild man! All right. Okay. You, you know, like, if either one of our Capcom predictions comes true, Marvel vs. Capcom 4 or Monster Hunter World, or Monster Hunter Swirled... <laughs> <laughs> that, Monster, that's what they're gonna call if it if Monster Hunter Swirled or Marvel's Capcom 4 comes true I think really it's it's hard not to be happy about either of those being a reality I agree yeah cool so let's move on to another uh, another big boy Namco Bandai yeah big boys yeah I think we'll see at least something Namco Bandai related here they've got a lot of projects happening yeah exactly so I think one like cool small thing they could do is a Jump Force reveal. Okay. Uh, Jump Force is you know their their 3D fighting game that's that's coming out that they've been showing a lot of content from. Right. Uh, they recently announced like Roni Kenshin characters. Uh, Piccolo is there. Right. Um, and you know Gold the, Frieza. 
Uh, yeah, Gold Frieza. They've, you know, we've seen shit from One Piece. We've seen Dragon Ball, obviously. We've seen Naruto, mm-hmm. uh, Hunter x Hunter. Right. Or Hunter Hunter, as, as other people would call it. Let's um, just call it Hunter slash slash Hunter from now on. <laughs> Piss off everybody. <laughs> it's not Hunter x Hunter. It's not Hunter cross Hunter. It's not Hunter Hunter. It's Hunter slash slash, slash, slash Hunter. Hunter. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, they you know we've we've seen a lot of stuff. I think a Jump Force reveal would be cool, mm-hmm. and they have done some Western Jump Force reveals. I think we could see one of two Jump Force reveals. Okay, one is that they will. So the first Jump Force trailer had uh, Light Yagami and Ryuk, right, right from uh, Death Note. From Death Note, yeah. They later went on to say that those characters are NPCs in the story. Right. Uh, so I could see a reveal being, actually, they are playable, <laughs> right? And show their gameplay. Okay. Uh, here's what I'm more confident about, though. I, I, I do think the first thing will happen. I do yeah. think playable Death Note will happen, but maybe that'll be the very last Jump Force announcement thing. Okay. Made. So here's what I think would be a great VGA Jump Force announcement. Okay. Izuku Midoriya, a.k.a. Deku. Ah, uh, yeah. From My Hero Academia. My Hero Academia is huge in the West right now. Yeah. It's also huge in Japan. Uh, <laughs> right. But did you know that My Hero Academia One's Justice actually cracked the NPD this month? Whoa. It's in I the did top not ten. Know that. That's yeah. nuts. It's in the top ten. Uh not only is it in the top ten, but it was the it was the tenth best selling Switch game this month and the tenth best selling PS4 game this wow. month. Or you know, the month of October. That's nuts. Yeah. It's like not good. It's it's fine. <laughs> I <laughs> I I'm, wish it was better. I'm very charmed by My Hero Academia One's justice. There's something wrong with it. One of one of those things being that Namco Bandai did not bother including a dub. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a guy that watches the My Hero Academia sub, and you I'm are. still kind of offended by that decision. <laughs> you know, it's like no this this game is this IP is really big in the states. A lot of people are listening to the dub, right, and loving the dub. You have dub options for Dragon Ball. Give us dub options for My Hero Academia. That is weird. Yeah. I uh, one's, one's Justice is still surprisingly fun. The The move sets in that game are really creative. Yes, that's and, true. And even though the game is not balanced at all, <laughs> it's a lot of fun to play. Okay. Um, even though it's, it's kind of janky and the lack of a dub is kind of upsetting. Sure. Um, There's stuff I appreciate about it. Like, in yeah. particular... One thing that I think is really neat about it is that you can be, like, fighting, and then you can kind of fight up along a wall or, like, in the air. Like, there's a lot of unique kind of uh, perspective shifting that happens in the game that you yeah. don't really see even in other arena fighters. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really fun to watch. Yeah. I, I, There are just some movesets in the game that are so insane that no person in their right mind would ever include <laughs> them in a balanced fighting game. Right. And which makes it like so much fun. Like <laughs> like uh like Hiroshima, the the guy that hardens himself, yeah. just has a stance where he armors through any attack <laughs> you throw at him almost. Apparently he's bottom tier. Right. Uh because uh there are characters that can zone him out and the game really focuses on zoning basically mm, okay. but uh Kirishima is still really satisfying for me to play sure. at least at a at least at a not that competitive level okay uh there's there's that guy with all the hands on him uh-huh um whose name I should really be remembering right now 
we can just call you know if if you've seen him before you know who he is when you say he's the guy with all the hands on him yeah like he basically has like he has a command grab where like he like grabs you with his hand and slams you down on the on the floor and if he connects that command grab like five times in one round he wins the match <laughs> right right uh there's such cool movesets in that game it's neat but I don't think there'll be anyone's justice announcements at the okay. Game Awards. But Deku, the protagonist of My Hero Academia, being announced at the Game Awards, I think will cause a sea of excited screams from all the weeaboos in the audience. I think that's a fair prediction. Yeah. So that is that is my prediction. Okay. Uh, fuck. Okay, Deku and All Might. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 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 I, I'm predicting at least Deku. I could see All Might being announced alongside maybe one of the villains, like mm -hmm. like Hand Man. It'd be really fun. Why am if... I forgetting his name? <laughs> what were you gonna say? It'd be really fun if like the trailer was constructed in such a way that initially it's like Deku fighting some villain from another anime, and he's like down and out, and it looks like he's gonna get defeated, and then All Might steps in and just Texas smashes the guy. Yeah, and like that's how we find out that he's in the game. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Tomura Shigaraki uh -huh. is, is the name of Handman. Well, how could you forget that name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deku, Shigaraki, and All Might being in the game. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. I think we'll hear about some Soul Calibur Six DLC. I think that'd be great because that game needs it. <laughs> so 2B from Nier Automata right. got announced as DLC, but she hasn't been given a release date yet. <laughs> so what I think will happen is... They will show 2B, mm -hmm. and then another DLC character, and then uh, and then give a release date for both of them arriving on Soul Calibur VI as DLC. Uh, possibly downloadable tonight. Oh, know? okay. I could see it. Yeah. Who do you think the next Soul Calibur VI DLC character might be? Oh, uh, boy. Um... I don't know, because when I was thinking of DLC, what I really want is just more stuff in the costume area for right. character creation. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that would be my dream DLC, is just like a bunch of new stuff for that. Yeah. Um, But uh, as far as new characters are concerned, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I, I think it'll be a returning Soul Calibur character. Okay. From, from, the, from across the franchise. Sure. We know that we're getting... Like, the season pass has four DLC characters. So I think two of those will be guests, and two of those will be Soul Calibur characters. Okay. So I think we'll be getting 2B and a returning Soul Calibur character. And I think the returning Soul Calibur character is going to be Hild from Soul Calibur 4. Okay. She's kind of a fan favorite, mm -hmm. and she represents a unique moveset that does not exist in the game presently that people can use to create more unique characters in the character creator. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's my guess. Do you have do you have any guesses? Not really. Yeah. I don't I don't really know the Soul Calibur cast beyond Soul Calibur 2. And I was trying to think of like guest characters. Yeah. And I, I can't really think of any guest characters. Hmm. Harry Potter. <laughs> His weapon is a wand and he dies. Someone that uses magic would be cool. That would be neat. No man, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool options for mm -hmm. uh So you know how how Negan from The Walking Dead is in Tekken <laughs> Six? Yes I do. What if the last guest character in Soul Calibur Six 
is a Game of Thrones character. Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know that cast super well, but that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, or, uh, I know, they could they can draw from anime, maybe. There was a rumor that Rorona Zoro from One Piece might be the guest <laughs> character. Okay. I think that I think that's ended up being untrue. They could do a Final Fantasy character with a weapon, like Cloud or something. Oh, true. Yeah. Oh, there, there's a lot of cool media that focuses on characters with weapons. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think we'll see something cool and surprising from from Soul Calibur Six as the last guest character. Okay, I yeah. think that's fair. Do Do you know who I'm talking about when I say Hilt? Uh, I have a vague idea. She what? she's the short haired girl in the armor with like the banner. What weapon does she use? Like a like a spear, I think. Like a halberd. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. I yeah, she's the halberd wielder. Right. Yeah. Yes. Really dope. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Ultra. I I think Viola from Soul Calibur Five would be a cool DLC character. Also, she has like a crystal ball. Ah. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my my Soul Calibur Six DLC thoughts. Other DLC thoughts. Dragon Ball Fighter Season Two. Hmm, what kind of Goku will we get this time? <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps we'll get pineapple hair Vegeta. <laughs> Kakarot, get ready for a Hawaiian brawl. <laughs> oh no, I'll have to have pink hair to fight you now. <laughs> Don't bother, Kakarot, because I brought some bacon to put on this pizza. And now I'm going to rub my hair on it, Kakarot. You won't be able to do that, because I, Goku's uncle, who looks just like Goku, will stop you. Get out of here, Woku. (laughs) You can't challenge me. You may have an idea. The principal Saiyans. You may have an idea based on this conversation what we think about the cast of this game so far. (laughs) Hopefully they're able to change that up with some new DLC. Sean is a little saltier about it than I am, but I do agree that some more versatility and some more variety in the Dragon Ball Fighters cast would be really cool. Yes! I think Season 2 is a great opportunity to put a bunch of the very diverse casts from the Tournament of Power arc mm-hmm. into the game. Like Tapo, who's a big, muscly alien with a mustache. Nice, right? good. Like just a giant-ass mustache. That'd be Joe. Like in that description. Um, uh, Cauliflaw and or Kale, mm-hmm. uh, two female Saiyans sure. uh, that, do, uh, that do fuse into a character named Kefla. Any, any of those as a single character would be cool. Yeah. Uh, just so we have another female character in the game. There's this character named Ribiron, who's kind of like a bunny girl or something, mm-hmm. in the Tournament of Power, who'd have cool stuff going on. They would probably put that weird alien man named Jiren in there, uh, but that would be an acceptable loss if we got other unique characters. Sure. Really, there's an extent to which I won't be truly satisfied with the cast until, like, Bulma in a walker is in it. Like, like Bulma, like, riding a scooter, throwing capsules everywhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Some kind of Bulma implementation, that's all I want, and we're never getting it. I want Hercule. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, okay, I also do want that, that's true. Yeah, although his most recent voice actor did pass recently, so Ooh. I think that will not encourage... Also, Bulma's voice actress passed recently. Wow, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think any chance that either of them had it being DLC... Um, has been scuttled. Ha- has been scuttled, because yeah. Japan is is very strict about about that. Like, if... Right. Like, they, they're really determined to sort of keep the same voice actor on something as long as possible. So when a voice actor of a character dies, they either phase that character out of appearing in the media... 
or they wait a while right. and then replace the voice actor, and then they usually have a story reason for why they sound <laughs> different. They did that with Igor in the Persona franchise. They did mm-hmm. that with Monokuma and Danganronpa. Right. Um, it's almost fascinating sometimes how far they go out of their way to justify voice actor changes. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, and they only ever do it posthumously. They only ever do, like, if you hear a different voice actor for a character in Japanese media, it's because they aren't alive anymore. Because yeah. otherwise, they got the original voice actor to come back. Right. They're just really old, like Goku's voice actress. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that that's a, that's a weird look into the window of things that interests me about Japan. Yep. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I do think uh, if Dragon Ball Fighter Season 2 exists, there's a lot of potential for it to be really cool and maybe diversify that roster. Also, Dragon Ball Fighters is pretty big. It got mm-hmm. it was very successful. I can see them either putting money into doing that or working on a new anime fighters game being developed by Arc System Works, which we will not hear about for a while. Right. I'm not sure which of those is more likely. So I'm not straight up predicting Dragon Ball Fighter Season 2, but... It'd be neat if it happened. Yeah, it would. That's them. Ugh, my my voice is a little scratchy from doing that Vegeta voice. <laughs> Namco Bandai has a couple, or really Bandai Namco. Mm-hmm. It's Bandai Namco now. Okay. Bandai Namco has a couple of other uh, projects that might appeal more to the West. They have Man of Madan, part of their... Horror uh, anthology, yeah, right? part of their yeah. horror anthology game franchise that they're doing with the guys that made Until Dawn. Right, they could show more of that That'd and maybe neat. give a release date. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's Twin Mirror, which is being developed by Don't Not Entertainment. Right, I'm personally not very wowed by this project so far, <laughs> but it'd be cool to see something from it. Sure, yeah, those are my Namco Bandai, Bandai Namco, Namco Bandai, Bandai Namco thoughts. What are yours, Sean? Do you have any any additional things to tack on for Bandai Namco? Nah, Namco. <laughs> so I feel as though I've, I'm like in an episode of Black Mirror, and it's going to turn out that you're a robot. Namco Bandai Namco. You just really smoke comes out of your ears. Yeah. Yep. So I think those are the big companies that could be involved. I think there'll also be some a bunch of miscellaneous stuff. I think I think we'll get at least a couple of world premieres from companies that I have not mentioned or thought of. Mm-hmm. Um I'm sure we'll get some indie game announcements. One thing I think we will get is some gameplay from In the Valley of the Gods. Okay. That game from the Firewatch team that got revealed last game awards. Right. So I think we'll sort of see it's like, hey, here's how the game's coming along, here's Maybe more of a release window for when it's coming out. Okay. Also, I bet that in the Valley of Gods we'll get a VR announcement. Oh, that makes sense. A Valve VR announcement. <laughs> Steam VR. Okay. Yeah. Any any other miscellaneous predictions you want to make before you hop into Nintendo thoughts? Uh well, no. Initially I was gonna say like there was a rumor for a little while there that uh Konami was applying a patch that was removing the PT Silent Hill demo. <laughs> so they just announced from that. People's consoles. Well, no, so I was going to say, like, if that had been true, then, you know, I would predict that Jeff Keighley was going to throw shade at Konami again, like he did <laughs> when they fired Kojima. Right, right. But uh, other than that fake thing, I don't have any predictions. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, 
I I do think there'll be some. We will get an announcement of like a new game being made in a cool existing IP, mm. kind of like how we got a World War Z game announcement last year. Ah, uh, okay. Right. Uh huh. Um, I think we'll get something like that, but I can't put my finger on exactly which IP because, like, look, like at what we've got so far, like we could be looking at a a brand new Harry Potter game announcement, a Justice League game mm-hmm. announcement. A, Avengers, uh, an Avengers game <laughs> announcement, yeah. So like that covers like DC and Marvel and Harry Potter. Like, right. I wonder what's relevant and they could really like get us with. Yeah, know? that's 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 uh, an interesting thought. It's a brand new House of Representatives game because <laughs> there were some elections recently. That's relevant. <laughs> that's that's an interesting path for your brain to go down. I don't know. Um, also, to be clear, that was not a real prediction. I don't think this is going to be a House of Representatives game. Are you words. sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Why would you take that back? I thought it was really I'm at least good. as sure of that as I am of the fact that Death Stranding has finished development. Man, now I want to think of an IP that could get a video game. Um, uh, looking at your figurines, let's say uh, Sailor Moon. <laughs> Or uh, Steven Universe. Or, um... Steven Universe. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! What if they got a game? Steven Universe does have a game that's pretty cool. It just came out for the Switch, Save the Light. Attack the Light. Okay. Yeah. Attack the Light is the mobile version. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is the mobile prequel to Save the Light. Man, like, a good avatar, like, as in The Last Airbender. Yeah game would be really cool and i I could see that getting announced like after we get that netflix series Mm -hmm. but until then they probably won't say anything about it that's fair netflix has been like dipping their toe into the video game market like Mm -hmm. they are like shopping around like someone to make a stranger things game right right? they initially had that deal with telltale and that fell the fuck through (laughs) so like i know like a series of unfortunate events like story game would be neat that'd be great Normally, I would say that Telltale would be a pretty good developer for making that, but actually, they're not good at anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) They get Quantic Dream to do it, and it's just, like, really fucking weird. (laughs) That would be pretty neat, actually. I'd be down for that shit. I'd play it. Yeah. I don't know if that's really in their wheelhouse, but I'd play it. (laughs) Like a Teenage Ninja Turtles thing. Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Man, remember that Rocksteady rumor that they were working on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games? I do remember that. That would have been rad as hell. Yeah, it would have. But anyway, yeah. As rad as a sewer pizza. (laughs) Woo! Which are apparently delicious. But yeah, I... Yeah, I think that some... We'll get some, like, cool IP announcement that aren't any of the things that we just said. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And any more thoughts before we hop into Nintendo? No, let's hop into the uh, the big old Kahuna, okay. the letter N, <laughs> the big cheese, the big man in town, so witching things up. It's Nintendo, <laughs> the big cheese presented by the Cheese Man, <laughs> aka me. <laughs> so, so Nintendo had a pretty good showing last year. So mm-hmm. let's. Let's review that because I think we can kind of use it as a base for what to expect this year. Okay. Last year, Nintendo showed off ports of Bayonetta 1 and 2 for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Then Jeff was like, gee, thanks for that, Reggie. And Reggie was like, we've got more. And then they showed a cinematic trailer for a Bayonetta 3. Right. Uh, then, later, 
they shadow dropped the second DLC pack for Zelda Breath of the Wild. Right. So, I think we will get some Nintendo World premieres. Okay. Um, There's obviously one big one that we can discuss, but first I want to talk about some potential smaller ones. Sure. So, I think Wii U to Switch ports is a good thing to look at. Mm-hmm. Can you think of any specific Wii U to Switch ports that we will see at the Game Awards? Uh, uh, that we'll see at the Game Awards is tougher, just in terms of, like, ones that I'd like. Uh, Pikmin 3. Yeah. Uh, that'd be really nice. Uh, what about you? Uh, so I can think of two that okay. make cool Game Awards announcements. One is the wonderful 101 Switch. Right, right. Um, so somehow I thought that was already a thing. Okay. Gotcha. No, we, we've just been predicting it for a while. I see. And it keeps not happening. I do think it will happen. For starters, Platinum has been teasing it for continuers. <laughs> for continuers. <laughs> uh, uh, there has been a rumor flying around that Platinum Games is actually working on three Switch exclusives right wow. now. Right? One of them is obviously Bayonetta 3. Mm-hmm. Um and one of them would make sense as a smaller project, like a Wii U to Switch port. Sure. Say, Wonderful 101. Uh-huh, could be. So I think Wonderful 101, maybe with additional content called Wonderful 102, 102. or Wonderful <laughs> 1001 or something. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that getting announced for... Wonderful a... 101, continuers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that getting announced for a February release date would be really wonderful. make sense. Yeah, huh? Be would wonderful. be wonderful. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. Uh, and actually, I think very specifically, I think something that Nintendo announces will be announced for a February release date. Okay. Uh, February 2019. Bayonetta 1 and 2 were February announcements, uh, at a time when Nintendo did not have any February announcements. Ah. And guess what? Nintendo currently does not have any February games announced. Uh, uh. Yeah, They have a couple games coming in January. They got Mario and Luigi... Mm -hmm. Uh, Bowser's Inside Story 3DS mm. version. They have New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe uh, coming out for the Switch in January. Right. So I think, I think they will announce something that they're going to give a release date of February in the states. So a Switch port like Wonderful 101 would be a good thing to slot in there. Mm -hmm. Another Switch port I could see happening. Now that Xenoblade 2's release... How uh, did I not think of this? Yeah, now now that sort of the... Now that they sort of released everything they're going to release for Xenoblade 2, mm -hmm. now that that's all out there, Xenoblade Chronicles X HD... Well, I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles X was already HD. But right. Xenoblade Chronicles X for the Switch, with all of its network features returning mm -hmm. and being more relevant because they're on a system with a user base... <laughs> Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that would it'd it'd be cool for that to get announced. Who knows if it's ready yet? Who knows if it's happening? But that getting announced for a February release date would be tight. Yes, I could see it happening at a later time in 2019. But yeah, I'd really like that. I'd say Wonderful 101 is a much more likely announcement than Xenoblade Chronicles X. Okay, but X would be hype, hype yes. as hell. Tight. <laughs> yes. Another thing I could see Nintendo doing is just. Uh, showing a new trailer and release date for some of their some of the games on their 2019 slate. Sure. Uh, Damon X Machina. Cool, cool mech game. Yeah, I think that could be a cool 
February 2019 release. Mm-hmm. Yoshi's Crafted World. Fine, fine, Yoshi. <laughs> uh, that might make sense for February. Like, that game looks like it should have been done a while ago. Yeah. Fire Emblem Three Houses. Cool, cool sword slashy. Technically has a spring 2019 release date already. Right. Which is later than February. It'd be cool if they pushed that f- they pushed that <laughs> closer to us, and it wouldn't be the first time that Nintendo has done that. That'd be nice. But I'd say that's probably the least likely of those three. Okay. And uh, one that would be really great is just like, hey, you know how we said an Animal Crossing game is coming in 2019? <laughs> it's actually ready to go for February. What's up? Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, but um, not holding my breath for that. I think out of everything... Uh, the most likely game out of those that would work best for the Game Awards audience would be Damon X Machina. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But the big thing that I think Nintendo is bringing, and I think everyone's predicting this, and I think everyone has been predicting this. Yeah, for like literally every gaming event for the past year. Well, no, not for the past year. Everyone's been predicting this since Jeff Keighley and Reggie fils took a picture together with Reggie fils wearing a Metroid shirt right. talking about the Game Awards. Like, that makes it feel like a sure thing. I don't blame everyone for predicting this. A Smashing Theory, however, has <laughs> been predicting this all year. I've been predicting this since E3. Uh-huh. I said, I said, like, in June, that I think Metroid Prime 4... They're going to wait for Metroid Prime 4. It's going to get announced during the Game Awards. Right. Uh... It's going to get revealed during the Game Awards, and then we'll get more information during the January Direct, and then kind of a blowout at E3 with a fall 2019 release, right? right. I've, been, I've been repeating this mantra for the past half year, mm-hmm. and not a lot of people have been repeating it with me until we got that juicy Reggie pick, and now everyone's kind of repeating it. <laughs> um, that Reggie's so juicy, man. <laughs> the juiciest Reggie picks. Yeah. <laughs> the cheese man knows a thing or two about juice. Ooh, why? <laughs> I don't know. Gotta know which juice goes with your cheese. <laughs> None of them, I don't think. <laughs> well, I mean, wine, I guess, is kind of grape juice. Oh, yeah. Fermented grape juice. That, that good, good alcohol juice, you know, <laughs> what's up? Ooh. But yes, so I'm I'm sticking to my long cocked guns, <laughs> my guns that have been cocked for a lengthy period of time, not my guns that got the the the, the dong. That's not what I meant. Not not like <laughs> like you say long cocked guns, and the first thing I think of is like a revolver, and the hair trigger is just like three feet long. <laughs> Uh, so yes. not not that either. No, but yes, I do think we're getting some Metroid Prime Four shit. Probably like a cinematic trailer. Um, one thing that would be very cool is if, like, we saw some Metroid Prime Four, and then they were like, "Download the demo tonight." Mm-hmm. What I really want is just like a almost like Bethesda style trailer where it's like Samus running around doing stuff. And then there's a narrator going like in Metroid prime four, you blah, blah, blah. You're <laughs> Samus scanning a do, do, do. That's what I want. It's not going to happen, but that's what I want. <laughs> Nintendo has done shit like that before, but I don't know if it'll happen this time. Right. But yeah, Metroid prime four, four. Sure. Oh, you could have said for sure. And then it would have rhymed even a more. 
Finally, <laughs> this wouldn't be a smashing theory if we didn't talk about Smash in some capacity. No, no, it wouldn't at all. It'd be a Game Awards theory. <laughs> so, do we think that we'll see anything Smash Bros. at the Game Awards? Uh, no. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and we're done. Uh, <laughs> check out our Patreon. Here's some mail. Uh, goodbye. No, stop. It's <laughs> smashing time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, if anything, like, I think there's a couple possibilities, mm-hmm. right? I think the announcement of DLC Pack 1 is a possibility. I think the possibility that Sakurai has been hiding a feature from us until the very last day before it releases, and that gets announced. Right. I could see that being in character, but ultimately, I think we're not getting anything. Smash, like, they've been saying that they haven't even started development on the DLC yet. Right. So, uh, they said that as recently as The Last Direct. They, they... It's just, it's a, tra- <laughs> it's a trailer where, like, it's just live footage of Sakurai dressing up as each DLC character. <laughs> oh look who am i it's i'm fucking kratos (laughs) it's it's just a shot like nintendo executives in a business room it's like okay so what did we decide on for the dlc roster again oh this character this character this character this character and this character it's like, oh, right, thank you for reminding me. And then they both look at the camera, and then it just says, 2019! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they don't have time to make, like, a character trailer. It's, they... it's just Reggie and Bill Trinan in a boardroom. Yeah. They like, said... uh, the Yokai Watch trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they said, like, two weeks ago that they had just finalized the DLC roster. Right. So I think expecting, like, a character trailer or anything is a bit unrealistic. Premature. If we did get a trailer for the first Smash Bros. Ultimate DLC pack, who do you think would be featured on what stage? Oh, God, fuck, I don't know. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I think that it'd be a a decent mix of third-party characters. I don't know who. No, like, just, just for the first DLC pack. Oh, I see, just for the very D- first one. D- DLC pack one. Oh, you go first. Sora on Destiny Islands. Okay, I think that's a good one. Are you gonna? Are you just gonna piggyback on mine, or do you have one of your own? Um, I'll say. Uh, well, man, I don't know. I was gonna say Monster Hunter, but there's already a Monster Hunter stage in the game, but so it's not the Paper really. Mario problem. But but not really though. Like there's there's a stage on which you fight Rathalos, uh-huh. but it's not a stage on which you can uh, play yeah. in any other capacity. Okay, in that case, I will say Monster Hunter. Uh, and I'm going to say that you, uh, are hanging out with them on, like, the guild airship where you go to do missions. Uh, it'll be, it'll be like a, uh... A traveling stage? Yeah, a traveling stage where you just go to a bunch of different Monster Hunter locales. Okay, that's cool. That's my prediction. Okay. Locking it in. I just made a hand motion that none of you saw. <laughs> it was dumb. Nice. <laughs> Okay, I, cool. What I thought I thought you were saying was like, okay, predict all five DLC characters and their stages now. Go. <laughs> <was like, laughs> so initially, that's why I was caught off guard. Yeah. The, no, we we will spend an episode deliberating that. We're, <laughs> right. we're not going to waste that on the last like two minutes <laughs> of this episode. I mean, let's be real. You're going to talk for longer than two minutes <laughs> after now. Well, yeah. 
but not much more than two minutes. Oh, okay. wait. Yeah, I am. Listener mail. Uh, <laughs> but first, uh, before we get to that, that is all of our Game Awards predictions. Yes. Right? I think there's some pretty meaty ones in there. I, I do think that there will be some stuff that we don't see coming. But I hope that a lot of the stuff that we did predict shows up. I that'd think that'd be, be nice. pretty. I think that'd be a pretty hype Game Awards. I agree. And Game Awards last year were kind of hype, so I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that this lives up to that. Double hype. Double hype. When uh, you know, if uh, if you think our predictions are weird or dumb, or you have some predictions of your own, tweet at us. Yeah, uh, and we'll laugh at you or whatever, <laughs> or laugh with you, or laugh with you. Yeah, we are a smashing theory on Twitter. Yes. More on that in a bit. We did get some listener mail, uh, but a bit less than usual. Okay. So let's just read a couple. Okay. Dingy Bell Jr. It's a hell of a name. On Reddit says, Okay, I'll bite. I believe that we will not see details on the first DLC pack for Smash, and that will instead be shown off in a January Direct. Hmm, okay. Interesting, Dingy. I still think that's too soon, but let's move on. <laughs> However, I think Nintendo will show off a new teaser for Metroid Prime 4, along with an announcement of the Prime Trilogy coming to Switch, uh, similar to the Bayonetta reveal from last year. Okay. Bayonetta 3 will probably get shown off, and maybe another Platinum game being made Switch. There's three rumored ones. For my pick, I have a feeling Near Automata will be announced for Switch, since it isn't PlayStation exclusive as it came to Xbox this year. Hmm, alright. Thanks, Dingy Bell Jr. Good predictions. Yeah. Good thoughts. I think that they're probably going to wait for the Bayonetta 3 stuff. Okay. Um, I, I could see it happening. Sure. I think Bayonetta 3 might be a 2020 game. Okay. So I, I, think, I think we're getting a nice, like, juicy piece of Metroid Prime 4 steak, and they're going to save... They're going to save the, the Bayonetta mashed potatoes and gravy uh, for a different course. <laughs> I see. They'd be nice to eat them together, but, you know, they're, they're, they're spreading it out. It's like a uh, it's like tapas. I don't necessarily know that Nier Automata is coming to Switch in any capacity, but I'd be okay with that. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Nice to have a portable version of that game. There, there are some players out there. There are some developers that have gotten really good at porting current-gen games to the Switch. Okay. So, Automata would not completely surprise me. Uh, at the same time, I don't know if I would be as bold as to predict that. Okay. Yeah. But thank you, Dingy Bell Jr. Good job. Yes. Neon Citizen Teal, <laughs> who's returning. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, Neon Citizen Teal. Yes, thank you for policing the streets with your neon and your teal, you citizen. Neon Citizen Teal says... For Smash Bros., we might see a release date for Piranha Plant. Oh, yeah, okay. With Let's Go out of the way, Nintendo will start talking about Gen 8 Pokemon. Ah. The game will feature two regions, with the first region being the player's homeworld, and the second taking place in an alternate dimension, Ultra Wormholes. Wow. The main game will feature the player's family as well with others being volunteers to be part of an exchange program with this world to foster peace. The villains of this game motivation is to keep the foreigners from disrupting their land and view this multiverse union to be a bad thing. Depending on the version of the game you get will change which world you explore first. In addition, there will be new Pokemon that have different forms based on which universe they grew up in. Lastly, there are six starter Pokemon, three for each universe. 
the Pokemon will be received as a going-away present, and the other universe's starter Pokemon can be received after saving the day. Wow, that's a really wild and incredibly specific prediction. <laughs> I sh- that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> that does sound pretty cool. Um, thanks, Neon Citizen Teal. So, awesome prediction. I think that 0% of it will come true at the Game Awards. Uh, <laughs> like, Game Freak is pretty notorious for kind of doing their own thing and doing it at their own pace. Right. Uh, they usually don't show up to things like the Game Awards or E3 even. I think that we will get a Gen 8 Pokemon Direct sometime in February. Okay. And that we will we will get a Gen 8 kind of info reveal then. Your idea for the main hook, Neon, is really cool. Yes. I think it'll be something entirely different. I kind of wish you would have told us what you thought the two versions would be called. Right. Uh, Pokemon Space and Pokemon Time. That'd be cool. Yeah. Ooh. Um what Sean what do you think that Gen 8 is going to call its two pokemon games and what like kind of what kind of general hook do you think it'll have i god you go first <laughs> because i feel like you're asking me that question because you have an idea well i don't have one of my own ideas one of my favorite fan things i've seen april fools this year uh <laughs> There was a there was a video trailer for what ended up being two fake Pokemon games right. called Pokemon Past and Pokemon Future. <laughs> uh, one game takes place uh, fifty years in the past of the Pokemon universe and features characters like a young Professor Oak right. and you know like a young Agatha and a young Giovanni, right? And the other game takes place fifty years in Pokemon's future, so it's like all high tech, and you get to see like. Like a like a sixty year old Brock and shit, right? <laughs> uh, and you know, then there's obviously Pokemon exclusive to like each point in the timeline. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, I really love that idea. Yeah, that is I, a cool idea. I, I would love Pokemon to do something like that. I don't know how likely that is. Yeah. Um, Pokemon Space and Pokemon Time are cool names. Yeah, I'm just gonna lock in on that idea. I'm going to say that Pokemon Space and Pokemon Time is going to be the next generation of Pokemon. <clears throat> it's going to be the next generation of Pokemon, and uh, I don't necessarily know how they would translate that into the core gameplay, but I think it's a dope name. <laughs> it's funny because Pokemon Space and Pokemon Time is Gen 4. Dim- Diamond and Pearl were not called Pokemon Space and Pokemon Time, right. but Dialga and Palkia or the god of space and the god of time, respectively. Too bad Diamond and Pearl sucked. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, so I was, you know, when I was a kid, I played Pokemon Red and Blue, and then I played Pokemon Gold and Silver, and Mm -hmm. then I just kind of fell off of Pokemon for a little while. Right. Uh, And then when Diamond and Pearl came out, I was like, I'm going to get back into Pokemon with these games. And then I bought Diamond, and my brother bought Pearl, and we were playing them, and I just, my thought was basically like, this hasn't changed enough, and then I stopped playing like a third of the way through. <laughs> I, I had a really good time with Pokemon Diamond. I played a really good amount of it. Uh, my Infernape was awesome. <laughs> well, glad you had a good time with your flaming Ape. Thanks, Neon Citizen Teal. Yeah, thank you for writing in. Finally, GrungeBot5000 <laughs> on Reddit says, I'm predicting a Western exclusive announcement for a DLC character who's considerably more popular in Japan. Hmm. Hopefully, Erdrick, 
from Dragon Quest. Ah. Maybe Lloyd, I'm assuming from Tales of Symphonia. Okay. But probably someone stupid. <laughs> Thanks, Grungebot5000. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. I I think that would be kind of fun. Like, and it's not the first time that kind of thing has happened. I think at Evo, kind of a Western place. Mm-hmm. I think they announced Noctis from Final Fantasy fifteen. Ah, uh, yeah. Right as a Tekken character. So it would be funny if, like, at a Western event, they're like, "And now, our first DLC character." Jibanyan from Yokai Watch, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but as we've stated, we don't think Smash is going to be there, like really at all. Like maybe we'll see like a Smash trailer, sure, right? And basically just like, hey, guess what? Eleven p.m. Central Time. This is going to unlock. This is probably going to be playable while you're watching the Game Awards, and you'll have to wait, Daniel. You'll have to wait to play Smash Bros. <laughs> so you can finish watching this event so you can see which of your predictions are correct. <sighs> I hope you're happy with what you've done to yourself. Are you okay? E-10. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you everyone for your mails, especially because, you know, the these ones were a bit more short notice and we didn't announce what the episode was at the end of the episode. Right. So I think that's probably what we got uh, got less than usual. Uh, thankfully, that won't be an issue this time. Yeah. A Smashing Theory is part of the Beep Boop group. It is. We've got a podcast network. Yeah. And it's on Patreon now. It is. Um, So there's a lot of cool stuff on there, and you can check it all out on patreon.com slash group. But I'll, I'll just say one thing that we recently put on there is a Smash Bros. rap. Yes, you just heard that. It went. The sounds went into your ears, and as it was processed by your brain, you might have thought to yourself, he's fucking with me. And he's not. Uh, Daniel, had, <laughs> Daniel had this idea on, I think, Saturday. Yeah. And then we feverishly worked on it through Saturday and Sunday <laughs> so that we could release it on Monday. It's on there now. It is, in fact, a Smash Bros. rap. Daniel raps. I sing the backing vocals, and I produce the whole thing. Yeah, and I uh, I wrote the lyrics. Yes, he did, I should uh, say. Yes, and if you back our Patreon at any level, you can listen to it right now. Yeah, from one dollar to a million dollars. Give us a million dollars. <laughs> uh, I mean, I wouldn't say no. But if, if you're like, it can't, I, I don't think I'm interested in this, then... Listen to, like, the first 20 seconds right now. Ooh, shadow drop. (laughs) What up, Smashers? This is Daniel T. from the Beat Food Group. And you know your boy, Sean Ricci Francis. You know, there's a new Smash Bros. game coming out with 74 characters. That's a lot. You should rap about it. Five! Season plumber enters the scene Along with a gorilla that stole Pauline A champion rides in straight from the wild A bounty hunter orphan when she was a child A big green lizard dodging blows and taxes The pop star hero sucking up the masses Fox grabs his blaster and goes pew pew Pika 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 pikachu The forgotten brother with the L in his hat A second grade schooler with a baseball bat A bounty hunter jumps right Yeah! <laughs> yeah! And so you know we good. just we just blew your mind so much <laughs> that you better go get it right now.
Patreon.com slash beep boop group. If you want to hear the rest of that train wreck, it's it's a dollar. We worked really hard on it, even <laughs> though some, we shouldn't have. For some reason, uh I I am kind of proud of it in in the way that like Naruto's a fucking idiot, but Kakashi's still proud of him. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Or yeah. like if, if you were like a uh roboticist and you made like a robot that just punches itself in the face <laughs> they would be like i did that <laughs> my baby <laughs> so so listen to our rat baby that punches itself in the face yeah we hope uh, you'll be inspired by it yeah by supporting us on patreon and uh you can you can get all sorts of cool rewards on there you can listen to an exclusive podcast called beep boop soup you can contribute to that podcast, yes, and uh, and at like exorbitant prices, you can even do stuff like sponsor us every month. Yeah, um, whatever you guys want to do, uh, we are thankful that you're even listening to us, and we're really thankful for your support. Yes, and go do what your heart tells you. I was I was definitely like prior to the launch of our Patreon, I was petrified at the notion that we would just get zero dollars; it would just be sitting <laughs> there forever. So we appreciate everybody that's contributed so far. Uh, it's been really fascinating to see the number of patrons, you know, gradually climb over time. Yeah. And uh, you can help continue that trend by sponsoring us and listening to a bad rap. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank, thank you guys so much. Yes. Next time on A Smashing Theory, Game Awards 2018 Reactions. Yeah. If you couldn't guess from the patterns of our podcast. We're, we're just not going to revisit this topic <laughs> at all. We'll move right on to something else. Um, yes. Uh, we, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be covering the Game Awards and what happens during the Game Awards. Uh, the Game Awards are going to air on a Thursday. So uh, the episode will go up a little after our usual Thursday release date. It'll probably end too late at night for us to record that evening. Almost certainly. Um, so maybe expect that episode to go up like after the weekend, like the following Monday. Yeah. So that gives you guys plenty of times after the Game Awards to send us your thoughts. And uh, you can even send us your predictions beforehand. Yeah. And you can kind of... We can kind of compare them, you know? We can't be like, oh, this person predicted this, and I can't believe that an Animorphs game did come out for the end gauge. Uh, yeah, because A, somebody would predict an Animorphs game uh, other than you. Man, that's what I should have predicted for, like, the new IP. <laughs> like, it'll never actually happen, but I, God, it would fill my heart with so much juice. It, it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've discovered the ability to disarm you with a single word. Juice. <laughs> it's your kryptonite. It is. It's it's your green Superman juice. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they... <laughs> that's like like you know there was that whole thing in Smallville where there were like all the different colors of kryptonite. Sure, which they is also sh- a thing in the comics. Well, right, but they yeah. I don't know like Smallville bothered me for a lot of reasons but one of the reasons it bothered me was that they made it like this edgy drug thing oh yeah like, oh, i've got some gold k they should have just turned it into juice oh, yeah. oh, i got, I got Ooh, some gold drink, k juice drink that, drink that gold <laughs> superman juice what uh, superman i don't know just drink it <laughs> uh, 
This looks like a job for gold juice. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thanks everybody for listening to this episode. If you do want to send us any listener mail about the Game Awards, uh, you can tweet us at a smashing theory or send your mail to a smashing theory at gmail.com. And you can also communicate with us at patreon.com slash beep boop group. Yeah. And, uh, You guys are great. We love you. Yeah, you rock. So, we'll see you after the Game Awards. And in the meantime... (laughs) Kakarot, are you alright? No! I'm Vegeta! (laughs) I hope that you have a smashing time. That's not good enough. I hope that you have a smashing time! I'm Vegeta. <laughs> no, I'm Vegeta. I'm Vegeta. Kakarot. Stop this foolish game. You look Kakarot. You fucking... You, you Kakarot bitch. You've outed yourself, Kakarot. I would never swear. Vegeta would never swear. I'm a wholesome little boy. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>